Good evening, everyone. All right, so so let's um, see here. We hit a lot last week. I don't. I, I want to make sure I get. I want to get stuck into a review, so I, so I'll hit a couple things, but not a whole lot from last week. Um, and so, of course, we're talking about exposing the thief called lust, and we we got into a, a few scriptures. Uh, you get a chance to uh, meditate on that CD. Uh, just kind of let it uh, soak up some things. I had to meditate on some of it because it wasn't in my notes. But uh, uh, Pastor Mel said something last week, uh, and she uh, the statement was, lust has had a hold on your account. So you you have these blessings lined up. And lust has almost put a hold on your account where you can't access some things because, again, lust weakens you. It weakens you, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. And, and Pastor Mel also hit uh, the attributes of lust as the Holy Spirit gave it to her last week was hiding, denying, and lying. Hiding, denying, and lying. And we know, I mean, it's just the sin nature in general is. Uh, tries to put you in a position of of hiding or or secrecy or things of that nature. Um, and and the tough thing it's one thing to hide, it's another thing to be in denial. Um, or as we talk about a lot around here, delusion. You know, you could. It's one thing to be in the illusions, another thing to be in a delusion. And then Minister Lamar hit a, a, a excellent point as we were talking about the effect of uh, unforgiveness and how it relates to lust and creates an atmosphere. But he made a statement, the seed of bitterness growing up grows up into a root of unforgiveness. So I, I those stood out in our discussion and I wanted to make sure I, I put it out so when we go back and listen to the CD or uh, look at the video, we actually have those nuggets because I thought they were pretty awesome and powerful from the people that shared them. So let's go to First Peter 5. Let's open up here for First Peter 5. I know we hit the scripture last week, but how can we get around it? First Peter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, clear-minded, vigilant, right? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking to see who he can pick off. So seeking whom he could pick off. And I gave you the parallel uh Parallel verses, Job chapter 1, I believe it's 6 through 10 or whatever, but it's, it's, I know it's the first chapter where it says, uh, you know, the sons of God came before God. Um, and then God asked them, he asked Satan, he says, uh, so what you been doing? As if he didn't know already. He says, well, I'm going, you know, going up and down to and fro, basically seeking who I can take out. Like who's vulnerable? And then that's when he asked him, had you considered my servant Job? He already know he considered Job because Job had a hedge of protection around him. And Job was considered a righteous man. His kids started tripping and Job started, uh, he was always giving. He was giving out of his love for God, but he shifted his giving and, and giving out of fear. You know, hoping not to lose stuff. So uh, uh, Satan said, well, yeah, I mean, I consider Joe, but if you didn't have that hedge of protection around him, uh, I, I guarantee you, he probably just he probably just curse you. He says, "Okay, well, you know, go for it." He says, "I remove the hedge." He says, 
you know, you can't take them out, but you can try try at it, try your best. And of of course, we know Job uh, didn't curse God, but he recognized there was something inside of him called fear that was messing him up. Right, so we have the adversaries trying to seek in who who is seeking a, a crack, uh, seeking a door open, a chink in the armor, seeking for us to at our most vulnerable state uh, when we're uh, weakened, distracted, uh, overwhelmed. Which he tries to assist that with a lot of confusion in our mind, having us think of worst case scenarios. Let's look at Second Corinthians two. Second Corinthians two and verse eleven. So we got somebody after us, and the scripture says in verse eleven it says, "Lest Satan." Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it says, "Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices." So, so we can't be ignorant. Can't be too busy to pay attention. Watch out for his tricks. Watch out for his tricks. Uh, the the Living Bible says the further reason um, for forgiveness is to keep from being outsmarted, right, by Satan. For we know what he is trying to do, right. So so it's telling us to operate in forgiveness so we're not outsmarted because that that unforgiveness, you know, has that poison running through our hearts and our minds and it clouds us and once we're clouds us it weakens it weakens us and the thing that it the key thing that it weakens which we'll find out here later today is a, a key to all of our power and that's operating and walking in love so it weakens our power so so we're weak in bitterness and offense we're weak in bitterness and offense i've seen people um try to do some great things but once you know somebody offended them or or somebody uh uh betrayed them or did something wrong like they're they're not on their the usual game they're off of their game when well, i'm not gonna say off of their game they're some people just lose their minds and that's the adversary's job i need to weaken you i need to uh because i'm trying to sift you as we trying to crush you uh luke twenty two thirty one. i'm trying to break you down and so the only way I can break you down is to catch you on your moments where you're clouded, uh, catch you on your moments where you're not focused, catch you on your moments when you're distracted from anything but the word. See, once I can catch you on those moments, right, then now I can, I can, I can cause you to slip or miss it, right? I can cause you to slip or miss it because you're not paying attention. For example, if I ask everybody in this room, what did I just say? How many people can repeat my exact words? Raise your hand. My exact words. Perfect example. So am I, is the Lord having me to speak this just to be talking? Now, I'm not being smart. I'm just saying that's, that, that's the whole point, you know, to uh, pay attention, to take notes, to realize every time God's communicating something, it's important because People come up to us in counsel when they're in crisis. They come up to us and they go, oh, "So, what do I do here and this, here and there?" And so we be sitting there looking sometimes, like, "Wasn't you at church?" Well, sometimes we're here, but we're not here. 
Because some of us actually are so casual around the word, we think that something else could be more important than locking into the word. We, you know, and, and again, it's not, it's not, people aren't evil. Uh, I used to watch people in music ministry and stuff like that. And so they would, they would do they, uh, they, they I'm saying it this way, it shouldn't be this way, but we're going to say they would do they set, you know. <laughs> so they do, you know, praise and worship goes for And when it was over, like, they, you know, get on, I, I've seen people get on their cell phone, got, go off and start talking, like, I did my job, like, this part right here, you go do your thing, and I'll come back when it's time for music. Like, as if the word is not important. And I had to counsel some of those people. And they were right in the building. And God gave them the exact wisdom they needed. But were, were they listening? So, so ask yourself, what's inside you that says, I can miss that word? I can miss that statement. I can miss that scripture. Just ask yourself, not, not, not to, for condemnation or nothing like that, but ask yourself, what tells you? Because, see, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm driving in a car. I'm driving in a car, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, can I speak this into my phone? Can I take down a note yeah, while I'm driving? Okay, what's the next light coming up? Because I don't want to forget it. I don't want to miss it, and I want it archived. Ask my wife. I'm doing it all the time. I'm trying to figure out, okay, how could I, like, I got to get this. I can't lose it. It's that important. I don't care if the most boring preacher in the world. I don't care if the most novice guy in the world is ministering. I got notes. I got notes. Tell me the sermon you taught. I got notes. I got something. I'm getting something. I got Everything that comes forth over the pulpit, because I don't, I don't show up like, oh, okay, that's Marcus today. That's not Pastor Melanie. So you know, eh, you know, I lock in after I, you know, do a couple things. You know, put my lip lip balm on. You know, get a quick nap. You know, then you know, maybe the last ten minutes I'll listen to Marcus. So when we do our Q and A, I can say something. You know, he's a nice guy. I mean, after all, he is a nice guy, you know. I mean, he did, you know, got his head shaved. I mean, I could at least, you know, give him a shout out, you know. Right? <laughs> right, that's, we can't roll like that. And, 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 and see, think, think, see, this is the thing, that word, it, it, it fuels us, it, it powers us. It powers the thing that's, that's most important in our life, love. Try ask yourself, what does somebody full of love look like to you? Right? Now, now listen, just take a second. What does somebody full of love look like to you? Right? Just just picture that for a second, right? Now, uh, are you, do you believe you look like that person? What does somebody full of love look like, and do you believe you look like that person? All right, that's, that's, that's number one. Number one, what is somebody full of, how does somebody full of love respond to situations and circles? I'm telling you, they're full of love. You know, like Jesus. How do they respond to adverse circumstances, people treating them wrong, somebody done did them wrong? You know, how do they respond, right? Now ask yourself, is that you? 
If it's not, this is the key to being that person. This is the key to being that person. All right? Uh, so good. Let's, let's uh, <laughs> see. It, it, this flows right into, I didn't plan that, but this flows right into what we're going to talk. Let's go to, uh, I thought it was Mark. Why do I have Matthews? Okay, so let me see. Maybe it's Matthews, and maybe I'm wrong. Been wrong plenty of times before. All right, so Matthews, it is Matthews. Matthews 11, verse 12. Mm-mm-mm. I'm sorry, I, I'll be writing in my Bible. I got a little note about this scripture. I'll share it. All right, so it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, violent, and the violent taketh by force. So I have a note here in my Bible. It says they are trying everything to take the kingdom. A lot of times we're trying everything to get around it. Like we're trying to get around commitment and and diligence and discipline they're trying to they're trying to do everything to take it and and so it's saying um uh a, a lot of uh of, of positioning or, or positioning of power has been taken by force right uh uh and, and so a force is a power right it's a power and so so people using the the the, the the world or the adversary is using everything in him to try to take what's yours, right? Everything in him, like everything. He's trying to take your position in the kingdom. All Christians waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for us to get in our rightful place. So he, so, so he, he's, he can't rest. He's like a this cartoon Wiley e. Coyote. Like he just it seems like. Like he spent his entire life trying to get the roadrunner, like you know, roadrunner roll runner, <laughs> wasn't rolling like that. But, but this is what I'm saying. So, so, so the adversary is working that hard. So the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, um, and those that operate in passion have to have it, right? See, see, the thing is, we 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 hear this statement, um, the passion of the Christ. That's a whole nother level of, of love power to operate in that level of passion. Because it takes a lot of strength to give your life, to go through what it took to give his life for, for people that are not living worthy of what you're paying. Right? So it takes a whole lot of love for me to love, let's say I love Isaac, despite if Isaac shows that same level of love for me. Right? Like loving someone despite like like they're never calling you but you're always calling them. They're not really thinking about you but you're always thinking about them. You understand what I'm saying? Alright, so, so, so it's a different level of passion or or operating in power. The power to love is stronger. See, see, 
this is the thing. If we operate in that level of passion, our power to love, as we talked about last week, is stronger than his lust to have. Our power to love, if we operate in full power, is stronger than his lust, lust to have. And so remember, we talked about this last week, so he must break down our power to love and convert it into lust. So this is the adversary's job. If, if, if Isaac is operating in his passion, which is the power to love, and I'm and, and the adversaries adversaries operating his passion, which is perverted, which is what? Lust. Right? So his if we both are at full passion, who loses? He does. Because his his love or his lust selfish. It's, it's just I want to have what you have. Right? Our love keeps us connected to God and flowing in what we're purposed, how we're purposed to live, right? So his job is, I got to break that down. I got to, that's why he's, his desire is to sift us as wheat, right? He's trying to break us down. He's trying to break down that, that love power in us and pervert it, right? He's trying to uh, uh, convert it into lust because lust is a perversion of love. Lust is a perversion of love. So he's still in our, our ability to possess or rule God's kingdom. And that's what he's trying to do. You can't operate or live in lust and weakness and rule God's kingdom. You can't even fulfill your purpose. Uh, you can't even really uh, uh, hold on to your dreams. It's, it's almost impossible. You know, every, I mean, through history, every, all great people, basically, they fell through lust. I mean, the results were people in different situations, but it's through lust. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes of pride of life. Go study it out. <laughs> you know, why people are always doing history, you know. Yeah. I mean, I understand the Bible. I read your history. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right. This is lust of the eyes, the lust of the, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Right? So why, why are you doing your history? You can find out, all, all, all you're going to do is find out how people have fallen into lust, right? All right, so it's still not our ability to possess the kingdom because the scripture says in 1 Peter 2, 9, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? A peculiar people, a special people, right? And in Romans 8, 19, it's, it's, let's go to Romans 8, I, you know, I quote this all the time but this passage and how Paul broke it down um, King James Version I just think it makes makes yeah 8 well we're going to start with verse 18 another powerful scripture it says for I reckon the sufferings of this present time remember that's a restrained retaliation are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Like they're groaning in it. Look, look. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. So the, the creature got twisted where now they're submitting to vanity. 
Right, what it says, subject to, submitting to vanity. It says, not willingly, by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. It says, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation, look, groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Groaneth and it's, 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 it's like trying to get birth. Groaneth and travaileth going through all these growing pains trying to break into the powerful people we're supposed to be in the kingdom, you know, to operate at our in, in maximum power, right? So the only way to, for us to increase in, the, in, in power in God's kingdom is to decrease self. The only way to increase in power in God's kingdom is to decrease in self. Basically, to operate in love. Love is selfless. So the only way for me to increase in power is to decrease in self. Uh, John 3.30, I must decrease that he must increase. Jesus, the Bible says he was obedient unto death. The, you know, so he, he, he was obedient unto the death of himself, the death of the cross, right? Right, so he gave up all of himself. The scripture tells us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, right? So, so you have to give up self to gain power. And Jesus is a great example of that. Um, when the scripture says that he, uh, let's see, I believe that's Matthew 28. So we'll go over there. Matthew. So look, look uh, verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. It says, go ye therefore uh, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So here it says, he has all power in heaven and earth. But what did he do? He totally gave up all of himself for all that power. And, and so we, but, but what's the movie called? The Passion of the Christ. See, so he operated, he, he was so selfless, he operated in a level of love to draw power, right? And that's what we have to do. That's how he gained all power. He gave up all of himself. But that's how Lucifer lost top power by trying to exalt himself. The scripture says, they that, uh, 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 that exalt themselves shall be a base. Those that are base shall be exalted. The ones that says, when it says a base, it says those that, people that are in humility or allow, allowing themselves to be resurrected, not trying to resurrect themselves. So, so and I gave you the scripture last week in Isaiah 14, and that's the scripture where, you know, uh, Lucifer was like, I will make myself like the most high. I, I. He tried to exalt himself. So, of course, he fell up. He got, he got uh, snapped out of heaven like lightning. All right, so, so what did he do? He lost his top power by operating in lust, selfish. By operating in lust. Jesus gained all power by operating in love. By operating in love. See, so if we can start training ourselves, we're going to get into some practical things before this teaching is over. But if you start training yourself to be selfless, you start to, to, to uh, trigger a strength. And that's the strength you're going to need to resist lust.
If you just feed in self, if everything is about yourself, if you don't consider nothing but yourself, all you're doing is feeding that very thing that you're trying to lick. See, 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 we just look at like, uh, sometimes we compartmentalize things. So, you know, you have somebody that was, uh, uh, we'll just pick something, uh, uh, drug addict. So, so that's a form of lust, right? So they caught up, so they stopped the drugs, they pick up drinking. Well, the, the root of their, their challenge is still there. They've just changed channels. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? What did you say? They just transferred it, right? So what you, when, when you're trying to uh, remove something, you want to remove it at the core. And the way you start is developing an inner strength. And to love, to operate in love, it costs you. And you, it goes, love, to, even the, the action of love, it starts in, at the root and manifests in the fruit. So it, so it, it's, it takes strength to love. To, to to stop to consider uh, but it it doesn't take a whole lot of strength to lust okay so lust is intense or unrestrained craving or an overwhelming desire or craving you know it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual it could be smoking it could be eating right it could be drinking right you know, it could be shopping, whatever. Whatever. It's 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 a uh, it's when it's all about self, and you you it's all about uh, just pleasure, 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 right? A lust will steal your preparation, which qualifies you and others for fulfillment. That's the thing; it'll steal your preparation because you're not gonna you're not gonna do all you can do. It's amazing. Excuse me. We've been looking at a. Uh, uh, just running around looking at churches and stuff. We're still waiting to hear from this guy at the end of the month, but you know, still want to do our due diligence. Uh, so some, we was out yesterday looking at stuff, and a lot of times people will call us. One place we have been to already, and um, so, so my wife talked to the person. Was, oh yeah, man. Um, uh, yeah, this thing. Uh, yeah, we didn't clean that up, and uh, we really fixed that. We saw the same building, and what he said was cleaned up. It's like, bro, like. You know what he said? He said, it only needs painting and carpet. I was like, man, people going to be scared to even walk downstairs to paint and carpet. Be thinking something going to jump out at them. Right? You know, we, you know, so, but, you know, we've gone to different places and people, they have a certain perception. But, but I'm going to tell you, what they're saying they see, that's what they see. The challenges is what they can't see. And there's not a person in the world that really has a, a gauge on what they can't see. You know what I'm saying? Like, you would have to trust God and, and, and men and women of God around you, but when you operate and you figure, you see everything. Because what you see, you see. That's not the issue. The issue is what you can't see, what's in your blind spot. Right? And that's the thing. The more we... we, we we let lust leak in, we, we create more blind spots. And so we're operating, listen, I've had people, uh, it's not here in this, this, this uh, state, but I was in another state, and I had somebody really coming to me, it was like, well, I don't understand why I didn't get that promotion. This is in ministry. And they was just looking at me, and, 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 I, and at first I was looking at them, I wasn't upset, but I was just like, 
It's a joke, right? It's a camera around here somewhere. And so, you know, and I'm, I'm a very thorough person, so I had everything documented. And, and I just showed them. I said, okay, well, well we put, I, put, I had boxes for your assignments. So I said, all the boxes that have colors in are the assignments that you completed. This is your sheet. It's like two, three boxes when it should have been 50. And so I'm like, uh, so, so why are you upset? Why do you feel that, you, that somebody played you or help me out? What, what's, what's, what told you you deserve the promotion? Longevity? Proximity? Because you cool with all of us? But there was a blind spot. Right? And, and I think, you know, we're getting frustrated in, in, because there's blind spots. That's how we misunderstand. You ever been in heated conversations and, you, and there's just a point you miss? And then now you recognize you missed the point, but you don't want nobody to know you missed it or you feel like the people going to see you as incompetent, so you just going to fight that point. Right? But it's a blind spot. You can't see. And I, I, yeah, use me. I'll use me. So, you know, years ago, uh, in the BC days, I used to smoke. I won't say what. Uh, but, so I used to smoke, puff, puff, pass. And so, so I remember, huh? So this is the thing. I would walk, so, 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 so I had people I was cool with. Having a conversation, getting along just fine. We talking. Ah, yeah, so what about this, that, and the other? And then, you know, so you roll up whatever you're going to smoke, and then, you know, you know, th across the room, you throw them one, you know, and you grab one, you know, and then you, you know, because I had to have my own. So, you know, so, so we puff, puff, pass, puff, puff, pass. Next thing you know, they say something to me, and, and I go, so what you trying to say? And they go, well, what you trying to say? Well, what you mean by that? Well, what you mean by that? Well, I don't understand why you said that. Now, we're in a, a full-blown argument. But we was in a full-blown argument because before we started puff-puffing, we were engaged. We both in a certain reality. When we start puffing now, I go into my reality, they go into their reality. We're not, even, we're not, we're not, to, we're in our own world. I was a young man I worked with in uh, upstate New York when I worked in corrections. So he gets released. Nice kid, gets released. He wasn't even, he wasn't even in there for nothing serious. So he gets out and he comes right back. I was like, what you doing here? He says, well, he said, Mr. Bradley, everything was going real good. So, so, so I, me and my mom was washing dishes together, and we decided, you know, to smoke a joint. So we smoking a joint together, mom and son. We smoking a joint, and all of a sudden, we just got in this full-blown argument. But she was saying this, and I was saying that. You know what happened? They got into their own head. What you trying to say? What you trying? They went off. It, it got so bad, the police had to be called, and they got locked back up again. See, that's the thing, like, like lust clouds you. It's not, if it, it, it makes you feel good while it's clouding you. And, you and, and what it does is, it's because the whole job is to get you in lust so you're clouded because that's the only way the adversary can create division and separation, all right? And that's how it steals your preparation, which, of course, qualifies you and others for fulfillment because you you won't even you can't even see the things you need to do. Somebody can tell you what you need to do, and you be like, ah, oh, that's not important. Oh, that's not necessary because you cloud it. And not only not only you cloud it, it weakens you. 
So you don't want to go the extra mile and do extra. You've told yourself it's not necessary. All the way to working at the gas station and not fulfilling your dreams. Because you felt it wasn't necessary. Not embrace the reality of, of what it really is necessary. Uh, so so it, it will have you confused. And, and I said this before. It'll have you taking encouragement as endorsement. And the thing is, as we grow up, when we're around people we love, people we love will always encourage us. And that they're not blowing smoke necessarily. They're keeping you encouraged along the way. So now I'm from a different culture. So when I was growing up playing basketball, no one, it wasn't about encouragement. If you messed up, they, like, there's a couple times they said, hey, hey, hey. So they'd be like, Jamal, come on, man. Take Keith's place. I missed a shot. Coming up, you know, I'm young, trying to play with the older guys. And he's like, hey, come on, Jamal. No, it wasn't no like, hey, young fella, eventually you'll get it together. They'd be like, oh, no, 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 get off the court. Hey, Jamal, Jamal, come take Keith's place. Or if they didn't see nobody, Keith, don't shoot no more. No, no more at all. The whole time I'm out there, just I'm just almost like just somebody that passed on the ball. It wasn't no, hey, buddy, hey, eventually you're going to be good. Either I don't miss or I go home. But we're in a different culture. You know, you know, people try to encourage you, hey, 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 hang in there. Hang in. You'll do better the next time. But that encouragement is not endorsement like you sweep. It's encouragement. That's what it's called. But you but see, lust to have you thinking you sweep. Because everybody encouraged you. I, I have to have somebody close to me. It's like, yeah, well, everybody says such and such. I said, yeah, yeah, you, you did pretty good, but you ain't ready. You, you, you assumed you were ready because you did pretty decent, but that don't make you ready. You ain't dominating at this level. You got to dominate this level to be ready for the next level. And the person went into an environment, came and told me I should have listened. But, but not because they were evil. They was, they was caught up in lust. And when you're caught up in lust, you get clouded. And you, you can confuse encouragement for endorsement. Everybody said I was wonderful. As opposed to what? We talk about it here, right? You, you ain't never heard nobody in the, uh, <laughs> at the end of people speaking, you know, uh, pastor. <sighs> what I have to say is that was the most terrible sermon I've ever heard in my life. What, you ain't getting no rest this week, Pastor? Have you been studying? Because that was terrible. That, that, that's what I have to say, and then Pastor Mike. Or, are you anointed? Do you really read the Bible? Because I don't even know if any of that stuff was in the Bible. You never see that. But we haven't all been great. I've listened to stuff that I've taught. Be like, ooh. Well, I guess we got to play it. Because it was actually a part of the series. We could skip that message. <laughs> I'm not listening to it. <laughs> Maybe there's a couple nuggets in there. Somebody will get out of it. That, I mean, I, I've been that way my whole life. You know, I, I've seen messages I saw in Ohio. I was like, I told my wife, I said, babe, that is terrible. I will never, listen, I'm never listening to that message again. I, th I think I taught on transparency or something. I was like, that was good. She's like, baby, I thought it was real good. That's nice that you thought it was real good. I'm not listening to that crap ever again. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and there's people who said, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm four or five years later, I'm finally able to receive from you. So what that means for the first four or five years? 
What was going on the first four or five years? Like, oh, he preaching? Oh, I remember this. When I first got in the youth ministry. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm new guy, you know, teaching this, that, and the other. And so, when I first got in, I wasn't really studying as much. But now that I'm ministering, I'm, I'm studying all the time. So I, so, I started to grow at a rapid pace. Well, one time, one of the youth was like, hey, uh, uh, the youth wanted to know who was ministering this week. So I was like, oh, they probably just want to know if I'm ministering because that was the hype when I first started ministering. She says, yeah, because uh, some of the youth think you're too deep. I was like, no, no, don't they love me? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's just, it's just reality, but that was in my blind spot. Oh, so I'm not the only one that has blind spots, all right? I just put myself on the line out here. <laughs> What are you two? <laughs> All right. So lust will have you trapped in deception and too weak to live in, in the truth. It'll have you trapped in deception and too weak to live in the truth. See, 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 I watch, I watch, I watch. You know, I study, I study you guys all the time. So I watch, I watch people. Sometimes they locked in. You know, they locked in. You know, they're taking notes. They're paying attention. Then I watch where... Something tells, tells the person they go back and they default where they casual, where it's not as important. Where they, they think, well, you know, I can miss this. But if you had to get a promotion, if you had to get on a team, if you was going to be tested, would, would, you, would you not take notes? Well, some of you still wouldn't take notes because you don't pass tests. You waste time. You, you don't maximize moments. But that, and that's not me putting nobody down. It's just... Some people, that's their default. They tell themselves uh, that's for the smart people. Everybody in the room is smart. It's just some people are actually taking the time to, to stimulate and pull out their intellect. And some people are dismissing the work it takes to stimulate their intellect. Like, like it takes work to stimulate your intellect. But once you stimulate it, stuff just start rolling, Right? Right. See, so you can't serve two masters. You can't submit to lust and God. You can, make a choice. Today, make a choice. <laughs> right? And so, so lust is, is, is the reason why it's so dangerous. It's also it's an incubator for blindness, confusion, and strife. It's, it, it actually uh, makes blindness, confusion, and strife happy. It's, it's an environment where blindness, confusion, and strife can hang out. And that's, that's so, you know, I, I find that so unfair. Uh, it actually hurts to see people, uh, who used to say, blowing their dreams. You know, like taking spiritual bribes, selling out their dream for this moment of pleasure. Like, like, like every time you you sell out for this moment of pleasure. Now, okay, if you do it, so again, everybody has choice, so, so I'm not, I, I can't condemn you. I, I, I wouldn't condemn you anyway. But, but why don't you say to yourself, what am, I, what am I exchanging it for? Because it is a bribe. Every tem temptation is just a bribe. You're being tempted to, hey, take this, take this now, but you're paying for it. You just don't realize it. You're paying for it on the back end. So when, when you miss that opportunity, when, when, when all of a sudden 
is this freak injury? Ask yourself, did I take a bribe? When you didn't get the promotion. Did I take a bribe? When all of a sudden, everybody's forgot about you. Did I take a bribe? Right? It's still so much. Remember I said earlier, I said, what does somebody full of love look like? And ask yourself, are you that person? She, uh, Venetia said, what does somebody full of bribes look like? <laughs> and this is the thing. The scripture says, all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Romans 8, 19. So it's really saying all creation is waiting for the manifestation of, of men and women of God, children of God, for us to get in our rightful place. I'm going to tell you, the person, the people that we're designed to be with, they're looking for that brilliance. Now, you know, brilliance, you know, think about diamonds, brilliant diamonds. It's a brilliance. It's a, it's, it's a phenomenon. They're attractive. You see a good piece of jewelry, it's attractive. It's brilliant. Um, but, but the brilliance that comes out of us is when we're full of love. But if we're bitter, resentful, unforgiving, no brilliance comes out of us. So the person you're designed to, to be with could walk right by you. Because they can't see you. You're blending in to the world. They can't see you. There's people that are supposed to give you favor. They're supposed to give you resources. But if you're blending in with the world, I, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm here. I'm telling you right now, I'm here. According to coordinates, right in the spot, don't see them. If they're here, I don't see them. They might be blending in with them. Right? See, so God sets this life up where he says, present your body as a living sacrifice, holding acceptable unto him, which is reasonable service. So you have to decrease to do that, right? You have to get out of self to do that. You give your life to Christ that gave his life for you. You have to get out of self. Now, now once that takes, takes place, Romans 5 says he shed his love abroad in our hearts. So he, he starts to pour love into us. Then he says, hey, take on my diet of the word. Man, should I live by bread alone by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God so you can start to feed that love in you. Right? So because so, apart from me, you can do nothing. Right? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. Right? And he, he became flesh and beheld us uh, uh, he became flesh, and we beheld, him the, we beheld him, the only begotten of the Father. So that's Christ. So Christ is the word. Christ is, you know, that's love all day. The passion of the Christ, we're pouring out, we're feeding ourselves with that passion all the time. Right? So that makes us brilliant. And what happens is, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. You know, when you start to seek first the kingdom of God, it takes a lot of selflessness to seek God first. And so what it does is it attracts everything God wants you to have because you are actually full up with his passion and with that brilliance. And see, lust be trying to weaken you from doing that. Ain't nobody trying to seek the kingdom of God and lust. They're seeking the world. So you're repelling the things that you're supposed to have. And yes, we've lost stuff because of our choices. But, but bigger than that is our blindness that causes and continues to cause us to make those same choices. So we've lost stuff because of our choices. Lust choices versus love choices. But even worse than that is the blindness that has us continue making the same choices. 
you know, um, to stay in um, denial or delusion. So individuals who consume themselves in lust separate themselves from God. They begin to perish, lose a thirst for God, and begin to thirst for the world. So people who consume themselves in lust separate themselves from God, begin to perish. Now, now I'm, I'm losing something. I'm, I'm thirsty. But they lose their thirst for God and begin to thirst for the world. I mean, it's just simple in how our life is designed. Uh, people who separate from drinking water, they don't drink water as much. And, but they're still thirsty. And then, but they just take on Coke or Sprite or whatever, which is not designed to quench your thirst. It's nothing, all, it is, all it is is it's designed to increase calories and dehydrate you, right? Right, so, so, so the thing is, when you, when, you, when you do that, you lose the thirst for water. Like you, you wake up, your body is designed to have water, but you lose for somebody say, hey, 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 here's the water. Ah, nah, I'm good, I'm good, man. Yeah, I've heard people say, yeah, water, water's nasty. You don't drink water for taste. You drink water for nourishment. Right, so lust will have you abort God's validation for self-preservation. So again, what I mean is lust, like before we get caught up in lust, our whole flow is God's will, fulfilling God's will, God's validation. Am I doing God's will? Am I playing off of God's will? Am I operating in God's design? Am I taking on God's nourishment? When I get caught in the lust, now I'm, I don't, something tells me I don't need God's validation. I don't need the people of God's validation. I don't need the word of God's validation. I just need to make sure I'm, I'm in step with the world. Worse than that, or I'm in step with self. Like some, some of us actually think my validation of myself, and it's another teaching I'm not going to get into now, but, you know, I mean, Proverbs 18, too, you know, hearing your own self think. Proverbs 3, lean into your own understanding, you know, but, but validating self. Like, so becoming your own God, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to get into that. That's just dangerous to even think about it, you know, to be honest with you. So 1 Peter 2, let's go, let's go over there. 1 Peter 2. And, you know, I wanted to do foundational stuff before I get into some of the practical ways of, you know, not only exposing, we want to expose the thief, but then give you some ways to make sure you, uh, um, Protect it, protect your, protect your, your, uh, yourself from lust. You, we must protect this house, right? I right, so, uh, I know that's a commercial. All right, sports commercials. Everybody don't watch sports, so I, I, I get it. I never heard that commercial. First, First Peter two and eleven. It says, uh, uh verse eleven. It says, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So, so lust turns the flesh against the soul. Uh, basically, it creates counterintelligence in the mind. You know, counterintelligence is a phrase or, uh, uh, that they use in, in, in you know, war times where they try to flip you. So you, you're working for 
you're working for America, but they're trying to flip you, you know, to work for Russia, but still be in America, <laughs> right? And so less, less is worn against the mind because it need. see, again, the mind is housed in the soul. The soul has your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, uh, your imagination. It's, it's, it's housing your soul. You know, we are a spirit. That's who we are. Uh, we have a soul, right? Uh, and we live in this physical body, right? So the soul is, 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 has our mind in, housed in it. That's our choice station. That's where we make our choices. That's why it says, the scripture says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? So you can gain the world, again, take all the bribes the world has to offer, for exchange for your soul, but when it's time for you to choose where you're going to live eternally, you can't make the choice. You don't have your soul. Your soul has been taken. So the adversary, a lot of times, will give up, will give millions, trillions, whatever, give you a lot of success for you to give up your soul. He, he wants you to take that bribe, you know, because he needs your choices. Because once he has your choices, he's got you, right? Yeah, and, and so that's the thing. The thing is, is, is that lust will, will create counterintelligence. So let's go to Romans 7. Have that mind really, really warring, like, uh, or what we may call in our lives confused. You know, sometimes you just can't really make decisions or it's almost like you're, somebody else is running your life or, or you're like a puppet on a string. And let's see, Romans 7, we'll start here at verse 14. It says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Now, again, when you see the word law, it's fixed principle. Remember, uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Within the word principality is principle. Uh, powers, or rulers of darkness, and, and right, and things of that nature. So when you see the word law, it's a fixed principle or a fixed power. It's power. Gravity is a fixed principle, but gravity has the power to keep us grounded versus floating around up in here, right? All right, so, so, so it says here that the law, the fixed principle, or the power, um, for we know that the law is spiritual uh, but I am carnal sold under sin carnal means fleshly this is for that which I do I allow not so the things what that I'm doing I would never allow like you ever you ever set you you, you ever live or operate where you like well I just can't stand when you do that but you do it too <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird right you have a standard of, oh, Dr. Welt, I'm just not tolerating that. Yeah, but why would you do it to somebody? Right? All right, so, 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 so look, this is explaining. <laughs> yeah. It says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that means uh, uh, that do I not. So the things that I really would do, I'm not even doing. It says, but what I hate, that I do. The things that I hate, I'm doing. Oh, I can't stand that, but I'm doing it. It says, it says, then I do that which I would not. I do that which I would not have done to me. 
I consent unto the law that it is good, right? It says, now, now then it is no more that I do it, look, but sin that dwelleth in me. It says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, key word, inside my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, the will. Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good? I can't even find it. I can't even locate how to perform it. I can't, look, find the ability or the power source to do, to do the right thing, right? It says, for the good that I would, I do not. <laughs> the good that I would want done to me, I don't even do it. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that with, that I would not, if I'm doing the things that I would not have done to me, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law, fixed principle or power, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. This is for I delight in the law of God, fixed principle and power of God. After the inward man. So now it says inward man. Uh, the scripture says be strengthened with might in the inner man. So we're talking about the spiritual. Remember the spiritual man. We know the spiritual man, the worldly man, and the natural person, right? So he's talking about that spirit nature, right? It says, but I see another law in my members. Now this is talking about in the flesh. I see another fixed principle or power operating my members. Look, warn against the law of my mind. That's my soul. Where my, right? It's warned against bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. The fixed principle of power of sin is housed in my flesh. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Right? If I'm in the flesh, I'm going to serve the law of sin. Right? I so so I got you. So a law is a fixed principle in the power. It's fueled by it's fueled by how could I say um love. The, the this law of the spirit, I'm sorry. When you when you um, I said it wrong. So when the when you operate in the flesh, it's how could I put it? So, so I'm gonna go back to Lucifer, who was operating in love. He was he was the top worshiper. So when he was operating in worship, he was the top guy, right? When he said, "I will ascend," that wasn't worship in God. That was worshiping himself. He fell, right? He fell into lust. He 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 he, he was in love, but he fell into lust, right? And so you so again, you got these these. The law of the spirit operates, it's obedient to God's word. Spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41. It's the law of the mind is where we make our choices, right? It's, it's your choice station. The law of sin in your members, that's your flesh, your appetites, your desires. That's lust. That's when Satan starts operating out of self. And so here, this, this, this delves into uh, three categories we're going to discuss. I know I'm but I'm in here with sexuality, sensuality, and spirituality. All right, sexuality, sensuality, and spirituality. And so, so when we operate under the law of the spirit, of course, we're operating out of spirituality. 
when operating of the the law of the mind, it's sensuality. When you're operating of the, the law of the flesh, of course, it's sexuality. So the sexuality is, is the cravings of the flesh. Uh, a lot of times when we have a troubled mind or confused or corrupted mind, the sexuality is our lead decision maker. Now, even though sexuality can only influence, it can't make choice. Sexuality can only influence, it can't make choice. Because it, it, sexuality and spirituality depends on sensuality for choice. So, this is, so your mind is where you make your choices, right? So choice is neutral. Your flesh is an influencer. It tries to influence your mind to make a fleshly choice. We call that carnal mind, right? To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded, so the spirit is an influencer too. It's trying to influence your mind to make a godly choice. The mind is neutral, which you allow in it. So now when you find yourself confused, the, the, the sensuality has the first voice. So now it's warring against the spirituality saying, no, do what God says. Right? So what you feed the most will be the strongest. If you feed your flesh more than you feed your spirit, when, you, when you're under pressure, when you have to make a decision, when you're tempted, the strongest influence will make the choice. The lead decision maker. So if you just, we came to church, a couple hours, Sunday, we came, we read, eh, couple, you know, here and there, but all week we're feeding the flesh. I don't care what, certain music, it could be, you know, this is my old school music or, or you know, I don't know. It could be whatever. I don't know. It could be your jazz. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what you listen to. It could be what you watch, right? It could be who you're around, right? So if you're feeding your flesh, it could be what you're drinking and smoking or whatever you're doing. Again, not, not saying it for condemnation. I'm just saying it's going to determine who has the first voice. And so when you get in trouble, or when you seem like I can't get past this stage or I'm stuck in time, the flesh is going to keep you stuck in time. The flesh is going to keep you confused. Listen, I know people that's decided to feed their spirit or read the word, their intellect went this high. It seemed like they knew everything. They saw everything. Athletes, like, I don't know, it just seems like the whole game slowed down. I can see everything. I know people that's been in the flesh and been reactive. I don't know how that happened. I just, I blew the game on one play. How did I knew that was a possibility? But I just couldn't, I just reflexed because the flesh has the first voice, right? So, so, so again, this is going to be the key here. Like, like uh, uh, the scripture says, uh, first uh, Romans 1, it, it talks about how uh, people were turned over into a reprobate mind. It says, it, says, it says they didn't retain God in their knowledge. They, they, they lost sight of God. It says, it, and then it said they started to do things unseemly. 
It's men, men doing things with men and women doing things with women. That's what it says in Romans chapter 1. It says, so God turned them over to a reprobate mind. See, see, oh, this is great because there's another teaching coming up. But, like, everything has a limit. Even, you have these pastors here. A pastor's job is to give all of themselves, to give everybody an opportunity to be themselves. That's their job. So that means a pastor can be hurt, abused, and stomped on. But guess what? There's always a limit. And, and what I mean by limit is God will say, hey, you got you, you to you release that person. He's done a term over to a reprobate mind. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 5, it says you need to rebuke that person. It says release them to the, to the devil so they can feel the pain of their choice. So not only they can change, other people watching will change. So we have limits. You know, like, so when we make changes, our overriders, we're always going to be obedient. We'll give everything we can until God says, hey, you got, hey, that person don't lost their mind. They're going to ruin my vision. This is God's vision. He said, Keith, they're going to ruin my vision. I appreciate you love, you, you love that person. You like that person? Release them. You got to release them for the benefit of, my, benefit of my vision. And see, this is what God is saying. God is saying, I have to release them because they're going to contaminate the whole family. See, see, that's hard for the family because the family thing, everybody around you will always be around you. People change. People sometimes, people just, guess what? People get caught up in lust. This is what affects all relationships. I'm not just talking about uh, covenant relationships, friendships. You know why that person is, is flowing different around you? Because they got caught up in lust. So now everything is a misunderstanding. Now you're always putting them down. Now you're you too legal. Now you're trying to control them. Now you're too holy. You're the same person you was before. Oh, you know what's different? They are. They're in lust now. It's changed a thousand relationships. But you, you're still looking at, man, I remember when they came through for me back in the day. And they sure did. And you should appreciate that. But you can't stop them from getting in the lust. I'm not saying everybody's, but I'm saying that's, step back and look at the relationships. Just step back. All of a sudden people start, it's okay for them to do things that it was never okay before. See, in your mind, you're going, how is this possible? No, there's no way that person's in, in lust. There's no way. Based on what? You've been in lust. Why can't they? Nobody thinks you're in lust. Right? It, um, you, I mean, what, you weren't on, like, uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you didn't go live, did you? <laughs> right? Right? Hey, I'm in lust. Let me go live. You didn't do that, did you? Right? So, so people would never believe that you're dealing with that. Again, folk across America is being tempted with lust because it's, it's, it's a part of life. You understand what I'm saying? But that, it changes relationships. Y'all probably already seen it. We just, you know, never looked at it from that angle. Um, so this is the thing, like, Satan is trying to sift us to a point where the flesh is the only voice. He's trying to break, up, break us down 
where first he's broken down the spirit, he's broken down even your sense of conviction in your in your mind to a point where the flesh is the only voice. The only thing that's, that needs to get pleased is the flesh. So so feelings, it's okay to have feelings. Um, it's okay to identify feelings. It's okay to express feelings. But you, you shouldn't be making decisions and choices based on feelings. So you should have feelings, identify your feelings, express your feelings. But you can't make decisions and choices based on feelings. You will destroy your life. You will destroy your life. And see, so, and, and that's what I was saying before, like, we got all these laws being passed in our country, and, they, and, and, and I've, been, I've been reading some stuff. It's like, oh, you, you who you feel you are. Well, you're going to feel different next week. I mean, I, I won't get all into it right now. I talked about it a little last week. I'll get into it when I hit a couple of these things I have to hit. But we can't be playing off of sexuality, sex. Like, like you know, you have these, 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 these uh, uh, descriptions, heterosexual, homosexual. Heterosexuals, you're sexually attracted to the opposite sex. Homosexual is same-sex attraction. It's sex. Like we can't establish our life based on sex and feelings and lust. Like, like we're going to establish our laws based on lust? We're going to change everything we've been doing for years because people have uncontrollable lust or they feel a certain lustful way? I, listen, I, listen, and uh, all of the lust. I'm talking about uh, 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 men, men and women. I'm trying to figure all the categories. I'm trying to think all the categories. I'm talking about all of. I ain't just talking about you know because I, I I know I mentioned homosexuality. I'm talking about all of the lust because the Bible says we shouldn't be doing uh, sex outside of marriage, outside of a covenant of a man and a woman. That's what the Bible says. But now we just start feeling different ways, and now we're going to keep changing laws based on how we feel? Oh, it's, 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 it's confusion? It'll shut you down. It's, it'll shut down your dreams, and that's what the goal is. And see, if you, if you start operating on feelings, you go, well, listen, it ain't their fault that they feel that way. Otherwise interpreted is, I don't agree with that, but I feel strongly about certain lust that I have, and I don't want nobody challenging me either. That's, that's like back when we was, in, we was kids, this person's getting in trouble because they're getting, getting high, and I'm going, see, why are you judging them because they're getting high? Because I'm getting high too. That don't even make sense. I'm sorry. I, I got to make sure I don't get emotional. You see what I'm saying? But it's like, it's like we, who's, who's endorsing the behavior? Somebody that's, that's really neutral or someone that says, I, I want to I live in a society where everything is okay. Christ didn't have to die for that. Well, we could just do whatever. Every, listen, everybody could just do whatever. So remove all your alarms, remove the locks on your doors, right? 
Leave your doors open because everybody can do whatever. So somebody decides they want to walk in your house, take out all your furniture. That's how they feel. They felt that your furniture was better than theirs and they should be able to walk in your house and take your stuff. Why would feelings be limited there? Oh, by the way, when you go to work tomorrow, matter of fact, what's, what's today? Today's Wednesday. So some people get paid on Thursday, some people get paid on Friday. Don't look for no check. Because guess what? The laws have been established. People can do what they feel. So they feel like they don't want to pay you. They f no. If, you can't change it now. Once you sign in and agree with the bill that people could do what they feel, they feel like they don't want to pay you behind. <laughs> See, say, but uh, how, where's your sympathy now? Well, you know, hey, they got a company, they got all these employees, they trying to pay out money. See, why are you judging them just because they didn't want to pay nobody? I don't understand. See, that's the problem, man. People always trying to judge people. Hey, it's freedom of choice. They ain't bothering nobody. They just didn't want to pay this time. You should want to work for free. What you need money for? Don't you love the company? <laughs> what I'm saying is like, we, we compartmentalize it to, actually, why is it always compartmentalized to vices that are destroying our lives? How come it's not, I feel like talking about the Bible, and I feel like everybody need to be here every service. Well, hey, don't get on them. Hey, hey, he's a preacher. I, like, I don't see nobody running around, like, making sure nobody get on me because I'm a Christian. I don't see nothing, nothing, no law being passed to go, whoa, 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 dude. I, seen a I see commercials. People spend millions of dollars on commercials to make sure we speak properly about people's preferences. Where's the Christian commercial? Now I know I could have. I, I know I could have got a whole lot of amens if I if I if I did the color thing, but I didn't do that. I just did the Christian thing. I did. Well, where, where the commercials? Where the commercials? They get. Oh, 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 don't be getting on because he said Jesus. Hey, that's his faith. That's what he believes in. Where where's people at the job going out their way to make sure I can worship Jesus? Because they're going out their way to make sure everybody else pray at 3 o'clock, wow. 6 o'clock, and 15 minutes. <laughs> Carpets and rugs and everything included. Crying up the desk. I'm playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. Right? So, so you know, I think like this all the time. I just don't share it all the time. Like, I be like, is anybody paying attention? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I told you I'm being, I'm, God is getting me ready for something. So that's why I'm getting all my, my, myself together, you know, because it's, 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 it, <laughs> she might not like it. But, but I'm telling you guys, get, get, get me ready. And this is, the thing is, you can't be so clouded that people are dictate the narrative. Like a lot of times, a lot of times we so clouded, somebody could tell you something, you go, oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, my bad. Listen, let's flip this thing. Let's just flip it. Everything, every right they've given everybody in this country, I want as a Christian. I want them changing stuff. 
I want to move an event from cities for $700 million just to make sure nobody do me wrong as a Christian. Now, that's on video. Don't edit that. I, that's I, what's the problem? What the problem is? <laughs> what the problem is? I want y'all changing events. Listen, listen, listen. I want laws passed. I don't want nobody to come at me no wrong about anything I say as a Christian. I ain't, I'm not acting crazy, am I? They, they, it, listen, you're passing. See, see, y'all think y'all think the government is against you. They pass the laws for all these situations. See, now I look at it is you just making it easier for me. Right. I, listen, I don't feel that. Matter of fact, you need to lock somebody up for, for, for talking about me as a Christian. You need to lock somebody up. <laughs> somebody need to get locked up because they just talked about me as a Christian. They just said, listen, here you go. Ain't nobody trying to hear that Jesus stuff. Whoa, 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 what'd you say? Oh, no, we going to court. We going to court right now. I'm, I'm saying, see, lust clouds you to be on defense like, oh, my God, I got to make sure I do this. Oh, I got to make sure I do this. Uh, I, I make sure I do I, Oh, oh, okay. This is just not right. And then, then I watch everybody. Listen, I watch, I watch some of y'all. I watch people fight for the rights of everything that they put in the media. But I don't see people fighting for their, their right as a Christian like that. They're getting, uh, getting, get. Well, who are we to say, I am a Christian? That's who I am. Right. Let me hear you talk like that about Christianity. Because they talk about everything at your job. But I notice you ain't talking about Jesus. What's up with that? What's up with that? I don't believe I heard you. <laughs> you understand? I, what I'm saying, like, see, because I've traveled through all these little places, like, and all these little, everybody got their little agendas, and I, and, and I keep watching, like, I said, we're in the United States of America, which is founded by these uh, founding fathers, Christians. And I watch people that worship everything else have more rights than we do. And we sitting there going, yeah, but you got to understand. We're all going to the same place. No, we're not. We're not. We don't all have the same God. Some people worship in statues. You just ain't seen the statue, but I've studied it out. So I'm sorry, statue can't save me because it was made by a man. <laughs> uh, yeah, how somebody gonna make a statue? I'm gonna worship the statue. I I'd be better off worshiping the person that made the statue, that carved it out. How somebody? How all these people? Listen, this, I'm, this is my last thing. They carving out these huge statues. How was they made? The statue did not show up. Man got together. If the bigger it is, the more men made it. So how are we gonna start firing up incense? and worshiping for a statue that men made. What we need to do is go on the investigation, find the people that made it. They made it, at least, at least get them homage. But see, we, nobody pays that. We're all going to the same God. No, we're not. No, we're not. Some people worship my idols. All right, that's enough. <laughs>